This week in the parish of bourses and market structure. A catch-up edition as we get 2021 underway. And we have our first new word of the exchange invest year. Gensler Freude. That smug feeling you get when wokest idiot bankers get saddled with their worst nightmare as a leading regulator. My name is Patrick L. Young. It's our first edition of the new year, episode 077. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the week's many events and happenings can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, The Unique Guide to the Bourse Business, sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. Amongst our top stories this week, the London Stock Exchange have got the EU nod for the $27 billion takeover of Refinitiv. Or some might see it as the LSEG being subject to an inverse takeover to be swallowed whole by the lethargy of Refinitiv. In the end, the EU didn't add any more tweaks, but in due course, gifting Euronext, the Borsa Italiana, at below open market value will, I imagine, be viewed with regret by many who, right now, are cheerleading this deal, which is being made by a group broadly lacking in integration ability, and acquiring a tired franchise which is flaccid, political, and has repelled all previous attempts to bring it kicking and screaming out of the 1970s. Meanwhile, Euronext, of course, they still can't believe their luck. Their contemplated acquisition of the Borsa Italiana Group at below open market price is still subject to regulatory approvals in several jurisdictions. Nevertheless, Euronext expects to complete the transaction in the first half of 2021. One deal that's not so messy, it simply requires a new market to be set up in all its complexity. Intercontinental Exchange have provided an update on the Merban Futures ahead of the launch of ICE Futures Abu Dhabi IFAD on March the 29th, 2021. It's looking good for an end March launch hashtag despite COVID. In Abu Dhabi, with IFAD as the Bank of England and MAS in Singapore are among regulators recognising the new venue. Elsewhere, Political Action Committee donation fatigue has hit the finance community. Those are, of course, the PACs, not to be confused with the SPACs, those sexy little listing vehicles that we've seen so much of in recent months. No, rather, you're back to the grubby business of giving donations to politicians. Therefore, in the PAC world, a number of people have stopped donating for the time being. Charles Schwab, CME and NASDAQ amongst them from in and around the parish. Looking back over the festive season, some of the stuff you might have missed. Well, first of all, you probably didn't miss this, but Brexit has happened. At the same time, we did tell you that it was going to happen, as opposed to a vast swathe of the media. It ultimately ended up with the EU doing more compromising than the UK, and thus the trade deal is not as bad as it might have possibly been. In fact, overall, it's a pretty decent trade deal. Leaving aside various issues from the May government's hack-handed handling of the situation, such as the fact that Northern Ireland is now in a worse position in terms of imperial status with Belgium than even the Belgian Congo, who managed to escape that grasp many years ago. Nevertheless, of course, there have been a few foibles, but there has not been Brexit chaos. If you fancy a trip to a parallel universe on Brexit, the New York Times leads the field with what can be politely termed opinion fiction. The key points to recall are that London remains open for business, 
Stock trading in European Union names has indeed moved the Eurozone, having taken back its stock trading. Nevertheless, that leaves behind everything else, including but not limited to forex and derivatives, much more difficult to move at any point in time. At the same time, where are those stocks going to seek new funding? Well, methinks that when you wake up in the morning, the place, the name you think of is always London, to which end the European Union's ESMA even issued a warning this week concerned about what they called reverse solicitation, which some might regard as actually being a case of when people wake up in the morning and think, I need finance, they think London. The UK Chancellor Rishi Sunak laid out the possibility the city could be set for a post-Brexit Big Bang 2.0, Let's just say that I'm not too optimistic, given the fact that, to date, the sole innovation of this Chancellor has been a restaurant packing programme that caused a Covid spike. Elsewhere in news over the Christmas period, TPICAP have maintained their death wish. They're now at the point where they announced their rights dilution. They, in the quest to buy Liquidnet, an entirely fallacious notion, are going to offer a swinging dilution of 2 for 5 at a vast discount to the prevailing share price. Elsewhere, pantomime season was ongoing at the New York Stock Exchange, with an oh yes they do, oh no they don't manoeuvre being held to, well, the unique question in pantomime history, are we listing Chinese stocks? As even China Daily put it, flip flop flip, move hurts New York Stock Exchange reputation. Elsewhere, new markets could be aplenty in India. Even SEBI, the quasi-socialist regulator of the Indian financial marketplace, they're setting the stage for new bourses and depositories, encouraging people to start with 100% ownership and then indulge in the usual SEBI process of swinging dilution over the course of what is now going to be a 10-year period. I suppose if all else fails, you can always ask TPI Caps Management. They seem to be good at diluting things to a vast degree. In People News, the stuff that happened over the Christmas period, the highlight was the departure of Charles Lee. He's left the Hong Kong Exchange's building, departing the world's largest exchange by market capitalisation after Hong Kong Exchanges managed to surpass the somewhat lacklustre Chicago Mercantile Exchange during 2020. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. Robinhood, they didn't have a very happy Christmas. They got fined $65 million to settle charges from the SEC. Therefore, the SEC disintermediated the letter to Santa approach by getting a bonus from Robinhood. I suppose, perhaps, arguably, incoming chairman of the SEC, Gary Gensler, was probably salivating at the idea he could have got at least twice that amount of money had he been in office. Will that be a trend in 2021? It remains to be seen. At the same time, Robinhood amounts to, essentially, a cunningly packaged brokerage, which is ostensibly a form of SPAC for legal fees. Over in Vietnam, the new Vietnam Stock Exchange has been finally announced. Ho Chi Minh and Hanoi are coming together to create the Vietnam Stock Exchange with separate specialities in the two cities under a unitary board. Speaking of new markets, the Guangzhou Futures Exchange is going to be the first new futures exchange to open in 14 years in China. It's also going to be the first to be run as a company with at least some private shareholders, making it somewhat more like multiple major exchanges around the world. Data, data, data. 
The Wall Street Journal, having launched a rather brutal attack on Nasdaq over its diversity policy just before Christmas, carried on with an opinion piece fighting a stock exchange shakedown. It was frankly a dubious piece of market socialism from the usually pro-free market Wall Street Journal, who seemed to think that exchanges can conjure higher data feed speeds out of thin air. Or at least they can do that for free. Drinking banker Kool-Aid is common in the media generally, but one expects much more of the journal, which presumably wants to avoid the brand damage of the Financial Times' gradual morph towards obsolescence in financial market terms. Nonetheless, that brought a stunning response from Nasdaq's General Counsel. The new SEC data rule will harm Main Street investors, and I quote, The SEC's proposed market structure changes, dubbed NMS2, is a regulatory expansion that will add fragility and complexity to the financial market system, potentially harming Main Street investors and serving a narrow agenda of influential financial players. And so the letter goes on in the same vein. D-News, during the course of the past week, the CME and IHS market, well, they seem to have solved what's going to be the future of market serve, now that IHS market has been sold to S&P Global. Presumably this was being negotiated in tandem. CME Group and IHS Market are going to form a leading post-trade services joint venture for OTC markets, incorporating CME Group's Triana, Trioptima and Reset, along with the market surf business of IHS Market, as I mentioned a moment ago. Elsewhere, Intercontinental Exchange, they're making use of one of those SPACs. Backed, their cryptocurrency arm is going to become a publicly traded company, where else but on the New York Stock Exchange, of course, with a merger via VPC Impact Acquisition Holdings. The deal makes sense. Nicely endorses SPACs. ICE and the substantial roster of backed shareholders and investors get a cleaner public subsidiary interest to manage as opposed to being a private arm of ICE. At the same time, the valuations look encouraging. Presently, why not take advantage of such propitious climbs for crypto-related plays? Elsewhere in new markets, we have another IEX, the Iranian Energy Exchange. That's going to be launching January the 16th. Gives us a bit of an acronym failure alert. We now have, of course, IEX, the Investors Exchange, the flash boy first mover in the acronym space. Then we had the Indian Energy Exchanges, IEX2, as it were, and now a third IEX in the shape of the Iran Energy Exchange. In Cryptoland, even there, we're looking at IPOs in addition to the backed deal that I mentioned a moment ago into a SPAC. Coinbase, they're going for the traditional route. The crypto exchange is looking at an initial public offering. At the same time, it's going to be quite a challenge, methinks, in the future for Coinbase, given the fact that their transaction fees, as we discussed in an article in Exchange Invest last month, are considerably higher than those of the legacy transactional exchange marketplaces. At the same time, when asked when would there be a Binance IPO, CZ, he of Binance fame, explained how his firm's path forward is different from that of rival Coinbase. Well, of course, IPO investors are fickle types. They generally like to see companies with transparent headquarters addresses, let alone confirmed regulatory status. Hashtag just saying. Product news. There was a welter of stuff over the Christmas period, which was all in the Exchange Invest newsletter. Don't forget to sign up if you'd like to read that day in, day out to understand what's happening in the business of bourses. But one or two key pointers around about the use of benchmarks. And of course, we're talking about IBOR or the death of IBOR and its replacement. ICE Benchmark Administration, they launched ICE Term Sonia Reference Rates as a benchmark for use in financial instruments. I also note with excitement ICE have continued to break open interest records with the ICE Futures Europe listed Sonia achieving just shy of 150,000 lots as of early January. In technology, 
Euronex, unfortunately, get the pre-Citron. They had the first tech meltdown of the new trading calendar year. Unfortunately, that came on Monday the 11th. Well, one drop out is an error, of course. The trouble is that Euronext looks to be somewhat more systematically problem-strewn when judged over the past six months at least. That's a worry, especially as Borsa Italiana will next come under the Euronext tech umbrella in the near future. That said, plaudits too. The Euronext team, they managed to launch Optic on the MSM, what was previously the Muscat Securities Market, which has been renamed by Edict in early January as the Muscat Stock Exchange. They've got a full new electronic trading system, courtesy of Euronex. In regulation news, yes, Gensler Freude could be real. According to various stories in Politico, Bloomberg, Reuters and elsewhere, Gary Gensler wants the bane of the banker's life as the chairman of the CFTC, most recently an MIT lecturer. He is poised to be chosen, apparently, by President, incoming President, that is, of course, as I speak, Joe Biden, as the leader of not just the CFTC on this occasion, but actually going one step larger, the SEC, the US Securities and Exchange Commission. I fear that could prove hideously counterproductive to free markets, but it will at least be an amusing rebuttal to all the useful idiot bankers who funded the Biden campaign. Meanwhile, of course, Big Brother is already stalking your home office, even before Gary Gensler can manage to run the SEC. In the UK, the watchdog's there. They've been telling bankers, record all your work calls at your home office. In other people news this week, it's been all about indexing. First of all, over the Christmas period, we had a delightful piece of news. The SIBO expanded their board. And the most notable new entrant is one Alex Maturi, who was a guest on the IPOVID live stream just before Christmas. Alex Maturi, the former boss of S&P's global indexing business, Dow Jones Indexes, he is going to be an excellent choice and candidate to add to the SIBO Global Markets board, methinks, in the future. Speaking of which, another excellent man of indexing history, Mark Makepeace, was the latest guest on the IPOVID livestream series. You can catch it at YouTube, IPO-Vid. And indeed, it's live streaming every week on Tuesdays at 1900 European time or 1300 New York time on Facebook, YouTube, and indeed also LinkedIn. So, Wilshire. You may remember them as one of the famous early pioneers of the American analytics and indexing business with their 5,000 index. They've been bought by private equity. The private equity has put a huge amount of money into the idea of expanding and creating a great data franchise. And they've added a kick-ass, no other word can describe it, leadership team in the form of CEO Mark Makepeace, who was the latest guest, as I mentioned, on the IPO vid livestream this week. Marcos, of course, the founding CEO of FTSE, building it into the FTSE Russell Titan and also heading all information services at the London Stock Exchange subsequently. Looks like a very exciting time in the index year with the whole idea of a new invigorated Wilshire business going to take over or at least try to take over some fascinating assets in and around the data analytics and indexing parish. And so, two remarkable stories about China to end the week with news from Big World. First of all, China, they're looking at upgrading their farmland. Indeed, they're looking to upgrade sufficient land to make it arable for high-quality farming as the area of the entire Republic of Ireland. Personally, as I come from Belfast, I'm a little upset. Why didn't they go the whole hog and offer to increase farmland the size of the other six counties of Northern Ireland as well and make it a all-32-county-sized all-Ireland expansion of their arable land? 
Meanwhile, there's a certain irony, methinks, to the notion that two of the World Health Organization delegation preparing to launch an investigation into the origins of COVID-19, who were headed to Wuhan this week, failed antibody tests in Singapore and hence have had to be quarantined, awaiting later onward travel to China when given the all clear. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast 77 with me, Patrick L. Young. Catch up with you during the week at exchangeinvest.com. Meanwhile, have a great week in markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.